All right, good evening class. Welcome to the third session of 3AM Games. Uh, this is an offshoot of the Art Eater podcast where we celebrate uh, games from off the beaten path, uh, the ones that bring you to a different plane of reality where no matter what time of day it is, it suddenly feels like the latest hour of the night. The games that years down the road make you wonder, did that really happen? Uh, these are the 3AM games. So uh, I'm your host, Richmond, and I'm here with a bunch of my pals. If you listen to the Art Eater podcast, uh, you know, this is our regular rogues gallery, but uh, like, let's let's do a quick <laughs> quick introduction, everyone. All right, so uh, I'm James, uh, better known on Twitter as Beefy Kunoichi. Uh, I am a storyboard artist, character designer, sometimes an animator. Um, I do a lot of fan art for fighting games and uh, post a lot of c cool music and stuff, so always glad to be here. Um, Sean, I'm always here. I uh, do the sound editing. Um, uh, during the day, I, I uh, lead the design teams at NZXT. Um, for most of my career, I've been a UI UX designer. I go way back with Richmond. We used to work on games together. Uh, I worked at Blizzard for a while, um, and now I uh, mostly write and make podcasts in my spare time. Hello, everyone. So I'm Thomas. I'm a front-end uh, web developer and design engineer based in France. Uh, when I'm not coding tools for podcasts or websites for friends, uh, I'm uh, writing about fighting games on my own website and uh, doing some cool stuff and talking with you all people. So I'm very glad to be back after some weeks of renovation. Mm. Yeah. So everybody, it's Adam Mattis here. I also go by AJ or Adam. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Mattis. I'm a game and level designer, a pixel artist, taekwondo fighter, and martial artist from Manchester, England. It's always fun to be back. It's good to have the whole crew back together for another 3 a.m. Yeah, can have a good time talking with all of you about this one. So let's get into it. All right. So, who's up first? I shall be the one to go first. Uh, <laughs> James. <laughs> is. My my um not 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 to date this uh this podcast, but there's been a lot of talk of perfume villains and certain types of uh, I guess regal presences and. Uh, this game has a lot of those things, but it also has a lot of something else. Um, it's a lot of slapping going on. No, I'm not talking about uh, the Dynasty soap opera fighting game. I am talking about Rose to Camellia, which in English is known as Rose and Camellia. It is a flash game made by Nigoro, uh, which follows the story of Reiko in her attempts to become the matriarch of the household. And she must battle five foes using her hands to slap them into submission. Oh my god! This game is incredible and insane. You are literally playing an aggressive, confident commoner who is dealing with uppity bourgeois villains. And she's literally What's slapping that? people. Um, I encountered this game randomly <laughs> What's so funny? What many years ago uh, <laughs> after a CVS2 tournament. Um, and it's a flash game. Uh, you can play it on PC. I do believe there is an app for it now, so you can play it on your phone. Um, it is a sprite-based uh, game where you slap people. And... Uh, <laughs> It is, it is done oh, wow. in a very <laughs> uh, dynamic, 
uh, way where you have, you know, your life meter, much like a fighting game. I think it's represented by flowers. And uh, when you lose your flowers, you lose your power, I guess. Um, the It does have a sequel. It has several sequels, actually. But the main game you play as Reiko uh, Tsubaka Kikoji. Um, and I believe her sister, Sayori uh, Tsubaka Kikoji, is in it, as well as her older sister, Shizuka. Um, and then there's Lady Hana, uh, Hanae, uh, who's also in the game. Um, you can slap, you can dodge, you can counter slap, uh, which tends to do a significant <laughs> amount of damage. Um, one thing to also note about this game that I find to be pretty interesting is that the difficulty level can only be changed in the English localization of this game. The Japanese version has no difficulty slider or setting. However, it is always set default at the highest difficult setting that's in the English version. So Reiko really got to come with the hands if you play in the <laughs> Japanese version. Cannot, this game is super you hard. Cannot miss it's the link. super hard. <laughs> yeah. It's oh a really God. hard game. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, if you have ever seen uh, soap operas from... Around the world, it doesn't matter where you you know. It could be a telenovela, it could be uh, a Western soap opera from like the 70s, the 80s. Uh, this game embodies that fully, but with a little bit of dash of anime, and um, it is quite ridiculous, <laughs> but also a bit addictive. Um, <laughs> I kind of felt like I was a pro at this game at one point, and I don't know if that's something you should be proud of. <laughs> oh, you should be very. Proud However, <laughs> um, it is. It is it's a beautifully game. made game. Uh, the art style encapsulates sort of like a Rose of Versailles kind of uh, presence with a little bit of like, uh, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, there's like a, a very like flowery, but like strong style to the art that's in this game, both the key art, the yeah. cover art. Um, and uh, actually the aesthetic of it is really beautiful. Uh, like the title screen like that is actually really like ornate, but yet very easy to follow. Um, so there's like a particular aesthetic to this that's, it's a little off kilter, but at the same time, it's exactly what it needs to be. It's like, it was very well thought out. Um, mm -hmm. Like secretly, I wish there was like a mini, uh, like promo ad for this, where like there were like mini episodes of it, like if it was an anime for like some sort of perfume. Like, I feel like, this would have been like an odd collaboration that could have been done. Uh, it, it's 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 a very interesting game. Uh, like I said, it's a flash game. It's very to the point. Um, but I discovered this after like a CBS two tournament. This dude just he was playing it, and I was like, "What in the hell is this?" <laughs> and he didn't know the name of it at the time. He was just like, "Yo, this might show me this man." Like, and because uh, it was all in Japanese, so he couldn't read it. Um, and then I told him, I was like, "Oh, it's 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 Rose and Camellia." And he was just like, why is it called that? And it was just like, yeah, this is basically like, it, to me, what it reminds me of is like if someone watched Dynasty, which is like a soap opera from like the 70s and 80s, and they were into Sailor Moon and uh, Utena. And you just <laughs> sat down and were like, you know what? I'm going to make a game. And we'll throw all the stuff in here that I love. And slapping I, from I, I love how all of the promotional art for these games has the the protagonist and then her hand is up with with a rose next to it yes <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm gonna slap you 
Like yeah, she's it's holding a slapping her weapon. game, actually. <laughs> it's basically yeah. a slapping game. But uh, yeah. what, I, what people may not uh, may have not understand is that it's a PC game where you have to make the slap movement with your mouse. So, yeah. yeah so if you don't, you know, when I played this, I think I had a, a mouse with a with um, a ball inside and oh my god that's that's the super hard difficulty oh, level wow. because if you don't yeah. go fast enough you're not going to punch fast enough and uh, to slap fast enough and the 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 the, the opponent might um, escape your slap so you have to be super fast and super strong at the same time and your basic if you have a like a uh, like i do a a glass of water on your desk you have to remove it before you play because you're probably going to throw half of your desk <laughs> while playing this game <coughs> also i just want to interject real quick mm. for the title this is my attempt at uh, maybe uh, figuring out the title so rose and camellia those are those are two uh, very different types of flowers right like the Rose uh, is is yeah obviously very regal. It's associated with like uh, like royalty, high class, um, and then the camellia. Th this is just a guess on my part, but um, I think in Japan there's a character archetype called the shoujo tsubaki. So tsubaki uh, means camellia. So shoujo tsubaki means the camellia girl, and uh, this was a stock character back in the day of uh, just this poor wayfish, you know, girl like uh, who who's just has a hard life. You know, it's just just penniless, mm. and I think that so it's it's sort of this. Uh, it reflects the story, right? She she's the, this woman who married for love, married to the eldest son of the household of this rich family, and then he tragically passes, and then everyone's you know terrible to her, and then she's just had enough, right? This this chameleon yeah. is going to rise up and and slap the shit yeah. out of all those roses. Yeah, the the chameleon, <laughs> chameleon is the 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 rising phoenix of this game. And like, it's like she holds amazing. like a rose that her husband gave her as kind of that that some that symbology, right? Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, it's in, in the fact that the uh, their family name is a uh, Subaki Koji, like you know Suba Suba, you know Subaki. Like there's obviously a bit of like a yeah. wordplay that's that's going on there. Um, yeah, like it's. <laughs> It's a well thought out game. It's just very strange, but also like interesting in its own right. Um, like I, I, oh, I, 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 on the phone now too. That seems awesome for a touchscreen. Yeah, yeah, and it actually works a lot better as an app. Like it, I think it works a lot better as an app. So hard to um, play. Yeah, on a mouse. Yeah. Yeah, but like on a phone, like yeah, you could you could be super pro like instantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that is my. My entry. <laughs> oh no! I just uh, I just listened to, to a video real quick, and the music is amazing too. Dude. Yeah, the dude. music is great. Uh, do, do, like when this game came out, um, I thought it was like the most refined flash game I'd ever seen because, uh, you know, at the time, like actually, the yeah, super simple, and then here was one with like unusually great production values, like great art, great animation, great UI. The UI was really polished. And yeah. just the concept is so funny and it's played so like perfectly sincere and deadpan and uh yeah i mean just the developer is amazing like are, are you guys familiar with uh nigoro uh, yeah no i'm not 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 at all he he made la mulana and and la, oh really la mulana oh okay 
Yeah, it's mostly just it's just one ah. dude, as far as I know. Um, he so back back in the day, he made several like really cool uh, Flash games. Like he he did one. Um, I forget their names, but one of them was like a haunted castle game where you like sort of lead a guy through it, uh, try try to get him safely through it by activating stuff in the castle. Uh, another one's this amazing Endless Runner. Uh, before Endless Runners were real popular, it was about um, you know it's in the countryside in Japan, and uh, you know it's about young love. This this boy, his crush is moving away, um, and then. <laughs> He just decides to run after the car. That's the game. Is like this kid running after the car endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> it, this guy's games are like nuts because they're so. Uh, the the premise is just stuff that you would never think would work for a game, and then he does it so sincerely and beautifully that it just works. And um, yeah, this this game made me laugh out loud the first time I saw it. So, so there there is a, a spinoff of this game that is a La Mulana themed <laughs> version. Oh, really? Um, yep. Wow. That is something else. Rose and Camellia and La Mulana. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense that he's the creator of, of both of them, right? Yeah, yeah. La, La Mulana, if if, uh, if the uh, listeners aren't familiar, you know, that's another uh, indie game. This is the one that he really put a ton of effort into. Like, it's on Steam. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Um, it's a beautiful pixel art of action platformer, and it's notoriously hard. Um, and there's two of them. And uh, Katsuya Tirada did the, the cover art for one of them, too. You, you can also get um, La Mulana 1 and 2 bundled on PS4 and the PlayStation Store. It's like, oh, nice. Um, I don't remember how much it is, but it, uh, that's it's a really good deal. Totally worth it. Dude's games are super charming. And I I, I actually met <clears throat> I, I, I met him a couple of years ago at Tokyo Game Show. Um, to- totally randomly. Like, I was there for, for business matching stuff. I didn't have much time to like, oh, wow. see everyone. And then on the way out, you know, there were like, probably like 10,000 people there or something crazy. This is uh, pre-pandemic. I-, I got there like so lucky to be there. On the way out, I saw a guy and I was like, wait, is that is that, is that Nigoro? And he was wearing the shirt and everything. I was like, it's got to be him. <laughs> and it's like Tokyo Game <laughs> Show. So like, you know, I ran up to him. End of the day, everyone's tired. Uh, but I was just like, oh my God, like I love your games. And he-, he was so nice. He was like super nice. He was just happy to like engage with a fan. And I, I gave that's him a awesome. bunch of uh, gave him a bunch of Thai snacks because that's what I, I always do when I travel. I just bring a lot of snacks with me. And <laughs> I have a meeting or just run awesome. with a friend or whatever. I'm just like here, oh, cool. please. Like, uh, yeah, Omiyage desu. Yeah. He was super cool. <laughs> amazing guy. Amazing game developer. For sure. Great game. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, no. I yeah, really that's, that's didn't my, expect. I, I really didn't expect to hear again in my life about Rose and Camellia. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like that's something from 15 years ago. That that's my life 15 years ago. You know, that's <laughs> incredible. Oh man! Isn't isn't? Yeah, I'm just I'm... doing it, looking at the art, but isn't the the final boss a kind of ma- monster matriarch woman? With giant pawns yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, yep. That, that I remember. Yep. The, I remember this game because we had a, a show that was very popular in the in the nineties in France. Was the the French uh, dubbing of uh, Princess Sarah Chocojo Serra, and uh, which oh. basically is a rich girl yeah. uh, father lose everything and she goes from being the 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 the, the greatest 
you know uh, favorited girl in the orphanage to the um, to the slave basically <laughs> in the orphanage mm. and everyone is treating her like shit <laughs> and when you're watching this oh. show you're like oh my god do something like react uh, get angry do something and when i played rose and camilla it was like oh that's like playing princess sarah but she finally finally oh. she fights back <laughs> <laughs> That was so yeah. great. Oh, thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. So cool. Perfect pick. It's really cool to hear about this because like, I, I, I had literally never heard about this ever before. And like, it kind of makes the one that I was that I picked now. Like, it's something that we've all like have heard of before. But like the comedic elements of it are very much like new to me, if that makes sense. But yeah, I'm about mm-hmm. to hop in. If, if anyone wants to have anything last that they want to say about this uh, previous game, say it now because I'm going to go into mine. So yeah. Go right, cool. No. Yeah, right, cool. I mean, honestly, yeah, well, you know, I'll just it's like I'll just wrap this up just to say that, like, you know, it, when it comes to, uh, you know, 3 a.m. like sensibilities, uh, you know, this game really encapsulated it. Um, I mean, I think it was pretty late at night when I saw it. And it definitely was that moment of like, did I make this up? Did I dream about this? But then I remembered like, you know, actually looking it up, it's like, no, this thing like really uh, exists. And uh, I guess for me, uh, you know, one of the things that it really encourages for me is like, <clears throat> you know, as a, as a creative, uh, you really benefit from being yourself, right? Like whatever it is that that sensibility is that you find and see, that story that you want to tell through something, you know, do it, you know, as absurd as it might be, uh, there's an audience for it and it creates memories that you have no idea how long they transcend, you know, like, I mean, the memory of this slapping game is transcending countries, years, like, uh, it, and it's such a weird thing. It's a slapping game. Like really it's a slapping game, but like the idea is that like, the fact that something like this can be made, it's like, it just really encourages you to just be yourself as a creative. And like I said, you never know what kind of uh, connections or memories it leads to. I mean, Richmond's telling me that he met this guy, you know, I had no idea he met him, you know? Um, So it's just like, you never know like what will connect people together, even if it's a weird, dramatic, soap opera slapping game. (laughs) (laughs) You got the floor. That's the truth. You never know. All right, cool, cool, cool. So, my game that I've decided to pick for today is a very is a very strange game to me. My okay, so here's a little bit of a background, right? I had no clue that this game was was actually like its own separated thing. There's a game out there in the world. It's called Puzzle Fighter, right? So for the people for people that might know, mm. right? Wait, 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 wait! But this is this isn't what I'm going to talk about. What I'm about to talk about. Yeah, I was going to say Fighter. that's not very true. I am. I don't know. Just gonna say what, what I'm about to talk about right now is Pocket Fighter for me. I had no clue that this game was its actual own game. And only recently, at literally, you know, like almost 3 a.m. in the morning, kind of, like I found out that this was like a real actual thing, that it was a game that like on its own, it actually, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a thing that you can play outside of it just being, oh, cool. Like it's a, it's a little like cheap representation of the characters and stuff. Like all of the moves are like crazy and like really weird. And like some of the mechanics are things which I've never really had to like think about before in terms of like, you know, like knocking people like around the world and stuff like that it's really really strange and it's got a lot of really cool like mixes of characters that like we kind of all know and love but like they have different kind of like versions of themselves like in this game 
so for example i'll kind of like explain it so pocket fighter it kind of is like a sort of like a basic version of street fighter but like everyone's very small very cute very chibi like and it just reminds me so much of this kind of like a it feels like a fever dream when you're playing the moves so for example like there are some combos that you can do in the game and like you would expect kind of like normal like kicks and punches to come out but that's not what happens people start doing like really weird things so for example like um like senko for example from darkstalker she's in this game and she she has this move where she starts like cooking you like a meal but like each each like hit that she does it's like one um like step in like the meal making process it's like a rice type dish at the end i think that she hits you with but like she hits you with like um like a chopping board that she's cutting and then she like hits you with some like vegetables and then she hits you with like the actual like rice dish that she's making and then like the food goes everywhere and it's really weird to look at or for example like ibuki when you can pick her in the game she has like a downwards kick type of attack and like she has like a penguin suit on and stuff and it's like you kind of don't really know like what's going on the only thing that you that you do understand is that you have to is that you have to like fight each other but like one thing which which was kind of wild as well each of the characters in this game they have really strange like weaponry that they can utilize too which is kind of really strange to me which i've never seen before because each of them they have obviously they have like different attack buttons and stuff so they have like a kick they have a punch and they have like a special move button i suppose and on that special move button you get to kind of hold it down for different periods of time but each one of them they have like a different thing that appears the longer that you hold it down for so, for example, like with Ryu, he has like a giant, like like a like a giant metal um, like spiked ball and stuff, which is really strange. But then Ken as well, like his, I forget what I forget exactly. Um, I don't know if the horse is like named, but he has a horse basically, and like the horse like does like a like a backwards like two legged kick. And like the longer that you hold it down, you can actually sort of like charge it, and then like you can bounce like the opponent like off the walls and stuff like that. There are different types of um, items that like fly across the screen, and there are lots of gems that are like integral to the whole system as well. The main sort of like I guess mechanics of the fighting, you have to like literally like you know you have to pick up these gems just as it says in like in the in the version of the name. I think it's called Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix as well. I think that was it. Yeah. So Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix, well, that's, that was like what was a, it was released in Japan as Pocket Fighter, but in America, I guess it was called Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix. But yeah, like it's really strange because you have to pick up all of these different colored gems, and then those are what power up your attacks and your moves to different like levels. So for example, the UI, if you check out the screen, it'll have like three three um, bars that you have, and each one of those, those like representative of like the attacks that like you actually have. And when you fill those up, you get like a different version of an attack and a move. But they become so like weird looking and so strange. And the characters are doing things which like you've kind of seen before, but then they do something else within like the, the context of that move that you just would never like guess and stuff. For example, like one thing that really, really made me laugh was Chun Li has a move in this where she kind of like gives you like a, like it, I guess it's like a love letter of sorts. And then like the character that receives it whoever it is they kind of like start like blushing a ton and then like they kind of go like red and it's just like it just makes you laugh a lot like that's what um that's what i took from it anyway like i was just laughing for like hours and hours whilst i was playing this game and i was seeing them do <laughs> new things that i've just never seen them do like in the context of a fight like not only is the art really beautiful and the pixel art is great too but like it just feels like a fever dream like as an experience as a whole like for me at least anyway like it just really really like weirded me out in a way that i hadn't been like weirded out in a little while like something that you know that's been twisted and kind of like taken in a really cool like way that you can see in terms of like presentation too 
it, yeah, it's really, really interesting to me. So yeah, that's um, that was my pick. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, it, it it does come off sort of like uh, if if the developers kind of like sat around and just like joked about like, well, what if we did this in a game? You know, like what if yeah. we had a move where you know Chun Li is doing combos and then like in mid combo she dresses up like Jill and shoots you. Like like what if you know because there's so much like just weird like sort of. Uh, you know, I'm gonna use my phrase again. It's a it's a beautiful casserole of ideas, uh, just kind of jumbled up into one, and uh, it was, it's something you normally wouldn't expect from Capcom, but uh, it it comes off in a way that's super uh, just confident and well done, uh, more Absolutely. than you would think it would be, and it's yeah. So it's an interesting experience to play for. It's it's also got a ton of references sure. like i i still remember ken yeah a chibi ken on a horse kicking you is like yeah he's, he's like one of the funniest things him. you know like that image of ken on a horse kicking you yeah it's just like you would never think to see that uh but it's just it's cool to see uh these weird sort of parallels to their moves like zangief has like a combo that takes you through the evolution of man right he starts off as like an ape yeah you know and then he hits yep. you, he turns into a caveman with like a, yeah. a tool, and then he finally finishes as mm -hmm. like a construction worker. <laughs> like, that's exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. So there's, there's a bunch of Capcom yeah. references in this game, but you also know there's a bunch of JoJo's references in the game too. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Like uh, Ibuki uh, has a, because like, you know, a bunch of them can, can turn into other characters, like with costumes. So like uh, Abuki turns into one. Um, like I think she she turns into Chaka. I think uh, Ken uh, disguises himself as like whole horse. Um, oh, does wow. he? Tessa's got one. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. There's what? a ton of uh, my my favorite one that I thought James would like is uh, I know Abuki can turn into Relenta. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yes, she can. Yes. Yeah. When, when she does, when she does her yeah, shitty yeah. kid, she turns into Relento. Yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah, yeah. And there's a ton of Star Gladiator references in the game. Like it's got a ton of camera. There oh, there's so uh, many. Yeah, Star Gladiator references in the back. Yeah, yeah. Relento's in one of the backgrounds where uh, the backgrounds are packed with cameos. Like one, yes. one of them is a ramen shop. The characters are all just scarfing down, and then Relento is doing a military crawl, like belly down on the floor while eating. While eating ramen. Yeah, it's so good. It's so so good. It's so so good. That's what I like most about it, really. Like just the fact that like it takes something that you know people love so much, and then it makes it just so silly for like for seeming like you know just no reason really. Like just there's so there's so many really weird and like strange things that happen in it. For example, like, even in as like a Dimitri's uh, castle like reference. There's no there's a reference to Darkstalkers being in like Dimitri's castle, and like Dimitri in the back is just like sliding around on the floor like on his tummy, yeah. just like having a really good yeah, time. Like, like uh, just... you know, like a polished floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like... It's like it's like ice. Yeah. And he's yeah. like just spinning and sliding across the floor, and he's having the time of his life. Yeah. Like, yes, it's exactly. the last thing you would ever think to see Dimitri do. But yet, yeah. here we are. It's like a happy, chibi Dimitri just like yeah. living life. You know, like it's just, it's insane. It's beautiful. I got it, actually. I, got too. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, like just. You know, spinning a character is like one of the hardest things you could do in two D. Just just spinning it mm -hmm. in three dimensional space. Like that was a very difficult joke to pull off, but they went for it. And he's got like a reflection and everything. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so so good. 
Uh, one of my yeah. favorite things to do actually since I've started playing this, it has literally been just like trying to go through and like find as many of the references as I possibly can. Because naturally, like this is something that I kind of just found out as like a as a real thing, like for me. So I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy. But on top of that, it's like it's seeing all the other references kind of like in context. So for example, like Morrigan, like she has a move where she kind of gets to become like the um the the nurse character, like like as we've as lots of people will have seen. So like she gets to be this um this nurse with the giant syringe and she pokes you with it and if she if she charges you enough with it she pokes with it like just really really hard and the syringe grows bigger it's just it's really like just again super just silly and like full of fun and yeah it's it's great and also the writing too it can be really 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 just again very zany very full of this comedic flair and like it just feels like it, do, do you know those games that you get on like a on a cartridge or or like or just it's like a like an R four card type of a deal, right? Like where you don't know if something's real or not. That's kind of what this feels like. It it doesn't feel like like real to me. Like yeah yeah that that is like a rival school's reference. Yeah, the, Akuma in, in this um in one of his they're called flash combos basically, where each of the characters when they hit you, if you keep like just mashing on the button, like each of them will turn into like a different kind of a reference of sorts, I suppose. And yeah, like this must be a reference of that one swimming character from Rival Rival Schools whose name escapes me, but Akuma starts doing like stretches for you know how a professional swimmer would like, you know, stretch before they jump into water. And then on the next frame he just like he's he's diving into like a pool that's like appeared in front of him. And then whilst he's diving he like hits you. And then he gets out of the water, and yeah, it, it's really very silly and strange, but it's cool. Yeah, I just, I, I really love it. I, I, I don't think it's even a Rival Schools reference because I think that one, that, that that was Rival Schools too. I don't know if that game was even out yet. Like I think, oh, yeah, not Nagane wasn't a character yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this I was before Rival Schools. Yeah. But it's it's on Facebook.com. It's been there somewhere. Hmm. It's, it's yeah i think you know what it pocket fighter feels like a secret game that like devs would have that wasn't meant to be released to the public but kind of like a like an inside <laughs> joke of like their characters and just you know how they feel about the characters maybe like it seems like something that like uh maybe they made as a joke amongst themselves and then mm, they just definitely. said you know what release it you know and it worked yeah it was funny as well because like it it really really is it's like i was playing with my friend and um because we just found out about it i just decided to try and like do some super inputs when i was playing as ken and then i tried decided to do um the shifujin rai super and then like i did it and he exclaimed really loud he was like that's in this game and i was like yeah i guess i don't know like because we just we just had no idea what was going to happen and then it just yeah. happened we were both kind of like just like gobsmacked that it even like was real in this game and stuff and yeah I, th- there are so many things that are in here but like they're these warped like distorted versions of what it is that you think that you kind of like know of the series or of the games that's why i kind of picked it because like it just feels like it, it it gave me that 3 a.m kind of feeling like whilst i was playing some whilst i was playing it yeah, whilst I was playing it, just random things were happening. And I was like, how, how, that doesn't make sense. For example, like, you can knock yourself over if you knock someone too hard into a wall. They'll bounce back off the wall and then, like, hit you. It's like, what? Like, yeah. what's going on? Like, well, I, I knocked myself down because I, I did damage to my opponent. Like, it's a, it's a, it's like a mess of, like, of silliness. And it feels like a cartoon, very much like the chibi style that it's, you know, drawn in and created in. So it, it, it all meshes so well together. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're, you're reminding me of just the first time I laid eyes on it. It, it was at an arcade um, in Thailand, and I was just like, I can't believe this exists. Like, this is so cool. Like, it, it felt like it was made just for me, you know, like, just such a treat. They, they, there was no financial reason to make this game. Like, it's such a weird game, and it sort of... I, I t okay, I'll give it some context. Um, like, I, I grew up loving S SD stuff. So SD stands for, like, a super deformed. Uh, the, this was this thing that started in the 80s where they'd make these, like, squishy little, um, you know, I, I guess people call it chibi now, but, it, like, just big heads, little bodies, uh, these mm -hmm. super exaggerated cartoony versions. And uh, they were very kid-friendly. And a lot of things got SD versions, right? There, there's uh, famously the SD Gundam uh, toy lines. Uh, there were also actually, like, ah. anime series and films um there was like uh like the chibi uh going to guy world ovas there were um and you know so this was a big thing in anime and and merchandise but then it, it uh spread into games too like a lot of games got sd versions there's actually an sd version of snapture if, if you can believe that <laughs> the 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 oh wow i need i need that in my life by, oh my yeah, god <laughs> yeah so so i think um this uh, there was the great battle games right the sd uh, games on super nintendo where they had like uh, ultraman common rider gundam um and then i think pocket fighter well okay so preceding pocket fighter was uh, uh the the gem fighter um game uh shoot a uh, puzzle fighter of course there was a uh, puzzle fighter which had the the sd versions of the characters and then i think after they made that they were like ah oh, these sprites are so fun i think they made a full game out of it and um they're not actually the same sprites. They actually redid all of the sprites, all the characters that appear in that game. They, they like Ryu and that's and, wild. Yeah, like they they touched them up. They're not the exact same sprites. Mm, okay, yeah. that is wild. I mean, like even just now, for example, like I've been finding out, excuse me, about how so much of this uh like beautiful art, how so, how it works together, but like. Just looking at all of the different like bits and pieces of like promotional art that they had as well, it just like it's so well composed, like these posters yeah. and stuff. Like it's just beautiful to look at, just the the composition, like the color choices, just all of it, the way in which it just seems to so seamlessly flow together. Obviously it's a very well made fighting game, but like it feels like it's a like it's a secret thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like it's not like it's just very much like it's just not real, like to me, and it's still um I don't know, it's just really a uh, it's really really strange, but I, I like it though. It even had like its own like little like four coma like comic, and that was really cool yeah. as well. I found out about this like literally like yesterday, and I was like, wow, like, look at this, like it doesn't um it, yeah it doesn't seem like it's something that like I would have thought was real. If it, I feel like if someone told me like a like like it was a joke. If someone was like, "Hey, there's a there's a there's a chibi like Street Fighter game, and like you can play as like Darkstalkers characters in it, and like Red Earth character in it, and like yeah, you can put all these references in the back as well, and like yeah, there's like a Rolento on the floor eating noodles." Like, I'll be like, "That's not real. Like, what are you talking about?" And then like it's just a real it's a real thing. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, it's it's very very silly. It's super like wacky and weird and strange. And yeah, like it's a definitely one of one of my favorite things that I've seen like as of a as of recently for sure. I think what's interesting about this game too is like, cause I I got to a point where like I kind of like took a competitive approach to it just because like no I way. saw <laughs> the, the the potential there. Yeah, there's like actual Street Fighter combos like in it, 
like you can do like jumping fierce low forward fireball or like combo supers and like so like i started to like figure stuff out and i was just like this game is actually really fun but one of the things that i really enjoyed was that when you did a comp like a super combo to like finish the match it had like fanfare music yes and like <laughs> yeah it was like da, 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 and it just felt so perfect for this game but it was just like this really good feeling when you heard it you were just like man this is a really satisfying uh game like why why did you make this like why <laughs> like like exactly. it's just it feels very just like we wanted to do this so we did it it doesn't there's no like pitch meeting that you could have had for this game where you're like okay so we looked at the numbers and this is why we're making the game there's no way that that could have happened it really felt like a labor of love and you feel that when you play it like through and through um it's 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 really really cool i actually think that mikado game center in uh tarakonobaba actually had tournaments in this i'm gonna have to like look on their oh, youtube because i'm pretty sure i saw like tournaments going on in this game so if i do find it i'll send you guys a link but um yeah, like this is a this is a really fun game. I think the only thing that I wish that the game had was I wish Guy was in it. He's in Ibuki's ending, but like he's not mm, playable. He is, he is. Yeah, yeah I, I think I have like a. Did I put that in already? I'm not sure if I did, but I yeah, yeah. yeah I had um oh man, there's like an image of like Guy and Ibuki like interacting, and you're right, they they are in um yeah they are in the same ending actually. Yeah, I'll try and find that, yeah. but it's really cool just getting to hear like the characters kind of speak in a different kind of a way just seeing that mm -hmm. you know they have these thoughts and feelings and opinions that they actually get to you know finally kind of say in a in a way that feels true to them in a sense you know what i mean it's like it doesn't feel yeah. like oh i'm ryu and i'm, and I'm like here to fight or oh, i'm chun li and i'm just like very you know serious all the time it's like no they're not they're not just being serious like they're actually having fun and like they're in enjoying themselves and they're expressing like a bit more of who they are and they're smiling whilst like they're still fighting which they've done before but i mean like especially in a game like this you know what i mean it's just like everything's kind of like a it feels like a big joke but like in a positive way not like not that you would like laugh yeah. at it like that you'd like laugh with if that makes sense it's, yeah it's, it's mm -hmm. festive it's, yeah it's, that's a good way to put it yeah, word, yeah, it's, it's like a very loving um it's a parody, but not in the sense of like making fun of it. It's a celebration. Hmm. Yeah, it's it, a it pastiche. That's what they call that. Yeah. It feels like super, like kind of like going to a really good cosplay event where everyone is is involved, and <laughs> it feels like what I think um, everybody uh, is enjoying in their mind with cosplay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a, um, but it, it's it's a, such a high level of polish. Uh, that it doesn't feel, to your point, like a parody. It just feels like a celebration. It's... Yeah. Totally. Totally. So well executed. The sprite art. This was Capcom, like at the height of their powers. They would already made Street Fighter mm. Three, you know, and then they made this this crazy, yeah, SD game. The sprites. Um, yeah. They're small, right? They're they're smaller than the typical fighting game, but the because yeah. of the proportion huge heads so you've you've never seen these characters so expressive like in game like uh ryu's head is big enough that they lip synced like the hadouken and stuff like you can see everything so clearly it's it's so delightful it's so great to see yeah one of my favorite things about this as well is the fact that it has so much flair 
in spaces where you wouldn't even think it would be necessary. So, for example, one other thing which I just, which I just showed everybody here, like if you do a standing, a crouching, or again, just like a jumping attack, you get different KO animations depending on which person, depending on which you hit, you know, the opposing person with. So, for example, if you hit them with a standing attack, they kind of like it's like they fall off into a, into an ocean in front of you. If you hit them with a crouching attack, they turn into like a pile of bones. If you hit them with a jumping attack, they they, they die like how Mega Man dies in the Mega Man series, <laughs> yeah. and they turn into like sort of a, a mass of like you know these these spherical sort of like auras, and then you kind of hear the whoa 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 whoa, just like just like a Mega Man. It's like it, it feels when I first saw that, I audibly like sat back and said, "What?" Like I was like, "Huh?" Like it was it was weird. Like it didn't. It didn't make sense to me, but like I enjoyed that feeling so much, and yeah, that's what gave me the uh, the, the three AM for sure. Like even you know, for example, just a last thing to say, Zangief does like a table flip on uh, which he can, yeah. which he has access to in this game, and like it makes yeah. me like almost cry laughing because like when I first saw that, I was just so confused. Like I was like, what just happened? Like very very weird. <laughs> One of the things I was gonna say is uh, this reminds me of a, a thought that I had about um. Marvel versus Capcom one when Strider dies, and mm. he dies the way that he does in you know Strider Arcade, but it made me think about a thought that I had where I was like, "What is that sound really?" And the first thing that came to my head was like, "It's literally Hutzel clearing his throat," and it's such <laughs> a peculiar like sound, and I feel like that's the embodiment of Pocket Fighter for me. Like it's just yeah. Huts, it's like the the embodiment of Hutzel clearing for Phobos clearing his throat. It's just like that's what that's that's what Pocket Fighter is for me. Like in terms of weirdness, like because there's so much that goes on in it that you wouldn't think about. Like who thinks about like a robot clearing its throat? Like that's but that's what this game makes me think about. Absolutely. That's one thing that I love as well, just like in terms of the uh, the the flash combos and stuff. Like you see so many different like references in there, and like the characters themselves, they're making references to other characters at the same time. But again, they're still like hitting the opponent. Do you know what I mean, it's still they're still fighting whilst making like jokes. It's a really interesting kind of a it's a, it's like a comedy fight almost. Do you know what I mean, it's like a joke off kind of of sorts. It's really really funny to me just the fact that like they have they, they've they've had the ability to to place so many well well um not even like secretive I would say but just like some well kept secrets in a sense and some things which kind of wouldn't make sense to somebody unless they had been you know interested in you know Capcom or Darkstalkers or Red Earth or any of these other games. But on top of all of that, like it still looks like funny like visually. Like if you even if you don't know who Akuma is, you can look at him as like a series like gruff guy and then like he starts like, you know, doing stretches as he's wearing like goggles and like looking he looks all goofy. It just like <laughs> it it just makes you it makes you laugh. It's yeah. like who's this dude? Like yeah, it's it's very, very fun. Very, very uh, very inventive and creative. Oh, I found it, I found it. I found the flash combo. It's called the yeah, fried rice combo. So that's uh, that's it. I'm gonna I'm just gonna send this in before we before we move forwards. But yeah, this was my uh, this was my pick. It was a really weird game to me. I hadn't really, again, heard of it being its own thing up until super, super recently. I thought that it was just like Puzzle Fighter, and I thought that that was just like I thought that th I thought that this kind of was yeah. that, if that makes sense. So like, I didn't know that this was its own like deal. And then yeah, I ended up just getting. I've, I've well, I've been I've I've been like playing this nonstop for the past like three days now. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's just like it's been my it's been my whole jam, and I will continue to do so because I can I'll just keep playing it. Yeah. Oh, making me want to play it now. Well, oh, yeah, I'm telling you, we, we can. We, yeah. we should all give it a try. We should all. Yeah. We should all do that. Yeah, I want. I want to. Um, 
yeah, I, I want to do something related to this actually. Uh, I think I'll be able to. So remember this. Remember this conversation for for the future. Yeah, that that'll be cool. I'll say that. Okay. Cool. Uh, cool, cool, well, cool. yet again, I would like to take us in a dramatically different direction than we're already talking. <laughs> Go for uh, it. <clears throat> Sean always turns. Is the car around? Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's part of what I'm here for. All right. Uh, so wanna, like, the game I want to talk about is is pretty old. It's from '96. Uh, um, I played it originally actually on the uh, Windows 3, um, but I believe now it's wow. um, it's been re-released, so you can play it on Steam. But uh, have you ever heard of this game, Bad Mojo? Oh my Ooh. God! No. <laughs> I've not shown. Oh my god! Bad Mojo. Right. Okay, so Bad Mojo is is a pretty weird three. It's it's a it's a real three AM game. So oh well, it's kind of like basically well, okay, you play as a cockroach. Uh, you're yeah. like, I, I forget the exact plot, but it's basically got like a um, you get transformed into it by some magic thing my understanding is that it, it's got kind of like an underlying like uh kafka like metamorphosis theme uh i think even uh even like the the names in the game like the the cat's name in the game is franz and stuff like that like uh hmm. uh so there's a lot of there's a lot of clear references that that, that there's meant it was meant to be related to um, to Kafka, but but generally speaking, the the actual game is you get transformed into a cockroach, and they spent a lot of time to make it be like you're a real cockroach. That's that's basically your capability. So it's mostly a um, <clears throat> it's mostly a puzzle game where and you you move between pre rendered 3D uh, sc screens, and they actually still hold up pretty well. They look really good, uh, really dirty and grimy, and but what what really put pushes it over so it's not just that it's like you're a cockroach that's not the 3 a.m part of it what really pushes it over is like as you're moving through these puzzles and stuff there's like weird uh inset like uh cut scenes that happen that have a lot of additional effects on them and like the way they tell the story is like sometimes as the cockroach because you're a guy that got transformed into one you'll like flash back to parts of your life like you'll come across like a paper with your picture as a human in it and then like mm. the picture in the paper will start playing video and then it'll like transform into like a vision you're having as this cockroach and then you'll just be back um it's, it's not actually a very long game i think uh you can probably beat it in like two three hours um this game but... sounds very smokable <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it does <laughs> but oh, it's, dream. it's actually like uh uh it's it's pretty weird like i know that um one of the reasons why it looks so realistic is it's also got a combination of cg and live action so like the the all the cockroach the cockroach in the game is is real like they used photos and they like they sourced it from a a supply company and did like stop motion uh like stop motion cockroach the cat is a real cat too yeah um, oh my god it's uh oh yeah it's real um there's like catfish in the game and like a tarantula and so so the the render the environments are rendered in 3d but uh like and they're they're all pre-rendered so you're basically just whenever you move off of a screen you're just going to another screen right it's very very like very 1990 you know 596 yeah. um 
Uh, I, but I, so you can beat it in a few hours. I believe it has multiple endings. I've only played it once. <laughs> so I got the ending that I got. But um, it's... Uh, it's like I said. Is is just one of those ones that I, when when we were talking about the idea of three AM is this is one of those games that really hits you. I'm like, oh, did I imagine this? Like, this is really a game. And, and like I said, there's there's other games where you can play like as a as a cockroach or a cicada or whatever. But this one's got such the, the fact that they tried to like weave in this like Kafka, it's a wonderful life feel to it. Really pushes it over into the three AM where it really there's some real weird stuff. Um, and but it's actually like I said, it's a pretty solid game. It's actually pretty fun. I, I'd say it's um, one of those other ones, just like the last one that I mentioned, where it, it comes from an era that has a lot of style that I don't think is ever going to happen again. There's just the 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 way they had to do the rendering, the way that they like to use real photos uh, to t- do like stop motion photos of things and mixing it with pre rendered three D. And the at like like this, the cutscenes are all like uh, really poorly shot. Like it's a wonderful life looking. Uh, live action video it's just got a it's just a really weird combination of things yeah i just saw a really interesting thread actually just um scrolling on twitter and they mentioned this game exactly it's, it's mentioned in it overall but yeah the 90s really do have a really weird kind of like well, not even just like weird per se but like in just an obsession with like just a dark surrealist type of a vibe to it just like really twisting and like subverting expectations but keeping things within such a kind of like muddy and like dark and almost kind of like in a sense kind of like oppressive kind of like in your face type of a type of a visual a uh, bunch of visual styles that are very similar to this like i remember growing up and seeing so many kind of like weird shows around the late 90s early 2000s that probably wouldn't like not only just to get made today but like probably wouldn't even really you know get off the ground today do you know what i mean like you just see something like this and like it looks kind of like like grimy and like dirty do you know what i mean in, in a really kind of yeah i don't know it, <laughs> yeah. it, this feels like a room that hasn't been cleaned do you know what i mean like that, that's what this game yeah. feels like it's really interesting well the game the game to me embodies a a certain creative movement that in my head because this is the best way that i can like correlate it is like the liquid television era where there were yes. just yeah. all types of perspectives of creativity being accepted on a public and somewhat global platform. Like, uh, for those that don't know what liquid television is, a long time ago, uh, MTV uh, went through a phase where they were playing music and then they kind of stopped. And then they started to have, like, shows. And liquid television was one of those shows. It was kind of like a uh, an omnibus collection of different animated shorts. And you could be looking at something that someone made stop motion animation from a piece of dirty gum to uh, Peter Chung's Aeon Flux. Like the creative scope was vast. And I feel like in games, there was a similar thing going on where you had stuff like, uh, you know, Shinobi, right? But then you had something like Earthworm Jim or like Vector Man or something that was completely on a different spectrum, but it was all kind of like, this is a particular collection of aesthetics that were openly accepted. And I feel like Bad Mojo is the, like the embodiment of uh, that era and that time where, you know, 
sometimes the limitations of technology made people think so much outside of the box that they were doing things that no one else would have thought of. Like, you know, making the character playable and movable with like stop motion animation with a real cockroach. Like that's no one's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's not the type of thought process that a lot of people would have now uh, just because technology is different. But back then, you know, resources were what they were, but it was also a particular type of attitude in terms of uh, creativity. So I feel like uh, Bad Mojo is like the embodiment of, and probably was one of the last during that era because Bad Mojo came out, what, like 96? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. 94, yeah. 96, around that. Era. The 96, yeah, yeah so, 96, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that might have been like closer to the tail end of uh, uh, this type of creativity being so widely accepted on like a more uh, mainstream level. I mean, yeah, indie games now, obviously, people are doing different things, but. I mean, this was something that, to some degree, was kind of like more known about at the time, at least. Uh, you know, so yeah, like uh, stuff like this just doesn't happen anymore. I I, I would say, um, I mean, there there are lots of weird, weird games. Um, you know, well, well into the uh, early two thousands, I think, in the in the mainstream. Mm. You know, I mean, like like mm. Katamari came out on 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 PS two. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Katamari was not a two thousand game. Yeah, yeah. like like Bib Ribbon, like some PS One was full of like really really bizarre games, uh, wonderful bizarre games. Yeah. No, for real, there, there are so many really strange, really really strange games. It's like, uh, for example, did you ever um, oh what was that game called again? Uh, like the virtual pet game was it Seaman? I think Seaman. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. you guys, yeah. Yeah. I remember Seaman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Sorry, cool. yeah. Oh, this is this is this is that same kind of a it's the same kind of feeling, right? It's like you have that kind of a weird, like sort of like of its time kind of a thing that sort of sticks with you forever. And then like you mention it years later, and people are like, oh yeah, that was real. But like in your head, it's kind of like what the like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought that other people would be you know knowing about or remembering like this is a really weird game about like a fish with like a human face. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's one of those things that you kind of. Yeah, you never you never really think about until you do. Yeah. What was what's crazy is not only uh, to your point, AJ, did that that uh, happen, but um, games like this, um, like I said, you can buy it on Steam now. But that's because someone went and dug this game up and ported it and made it playable <laughs> on modern computers. Like some people care enough to go dig out some of these really insane games uh, and make yeah. them playable on modern technology. Because like I, said, I played this on Windows three. I. Uh, I actually, when I was re-looking it up, I, again, doing the same thing, like, was that real? Like, uh, and I think I even had to type in, like, Windows Cockroach Game. I couldn't even remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, so, someone went, uh, so the, the, the one that you play now is called uh, Bad Mojo Redux. Uh, it's the, like, but basically, it's, it's exactly the same game. But um, it's also got, uh, we think we talked about this last time, it's got really haunting music. Uh, it's kind of reminds me of something that James was talking about with some of the other 3AM games, where like the the way that it synthesizes the music is, I think, lost to time. Like the the combination of the way they had to generate the the sound at the time and how it actually sounds, like how haunting and kind of yeah, like really trippy it, it feels. It's got like a I don't know how to describe it. I feel like y'all should go check out one of the videos and just kind of listen to the music for about 20 seconds, and it really. <laughs> gets you off kilter it, it's it's got like a synthesizing sound that i don't like i, said, I don't think it exists anymore hmm. i'll have to try that yeah yeah there's something to be said about some of the limitations that were presented at the time and how 
uh, sonically, uh, people had to bring you into that, you know, into the right, I guess, atmosphere of the game. And uh, you, you get some interesting um, compositions. Uh, you know, I think I think one example that I tend to go to for a lot of people uh, is uh, Spider-Man for the Sega Genesis. Um, that game has some of the most amazing music in it, and to this day, uh, I feel like uh, the composer for it is like the Lalo Schifrin of like 16-bit. Uh, I believe their name was uh, Fletcher Beasley. No, no, no. Spider-Man and the Kingman had a different composer. Uh, I believe the composer for that game was like Brian Spencer or something. I can't remember their name right off the top of my head, but uh, you know that soundtrack for that game uh, really had a particular like sonic narrative to it that I don't even think you could really replicate in in, in this day without like a lot of effort. The other thing was Spencer Nielsen, yeah, Spencer Nielsen. Um, you know, go back and listen to the music in that game. Uh, much like Bad Mojo, because uh, you will experience something that typically would not be created in like the 2000s. Mm. Oh, oh, also, also, um, I have a I have a good friend actually, and he, his name's Ragnar, and he has a video on this. So I'm I'm actually gonna yeah I'm gonna put this out there in the in the world yeah. So he has a oh, he has awesome. a video called for yeah for called Forgotten Gems, and he talked about this he talked about this All game right. yeah. So there you'll there you'll go. This is my buddy Ragnaroks. You should check him out. He's on YouTube and Twitter at Ragnaroks. He's a really kind guy, really, really awesome person. Great for, you know, finding out about interesting, weird games. He has a really good penchant for horror, really good taste, really great um video production and style. Just yeah, definitely go um go check him out. That's my little little sideways plug for a friend there. Very very cool. And it's also irrelevant because yeah, I had I had no idea that this game was a thing. And I was Googling it, and then my friend's name and video comes up, and I was like, what the? Like, so, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's that. Cool. There go. That's a really good pick, Sean. Great pick. All right, any... So, Richmond, it's your turn. Okay. Oh. I am so excited to talk about this game. <laughs> to, to paste it, a link to a video of it in the chat that we have. My Please game do. today. Oh my god, no! <laughs> oh wow! No. No you know what? I was I was thinking about taking this game. I was thinking oh. about it. Uh, you know, this whole this time. This is from I the conversation like, oh, man, that we I had, hope, isn't it? I hope oh, you treacherous bastard. Did you know I run I run a tournament on this game? No way. I run wow. a tournament in this game at Stunfest in 2010. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Oh, for for the listeners. I was gonna. Oh, go, okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> the game yeah. is Aramujo. Uh, Armjo. <laughs> okay, it's written in English, Armjo, but it is the uh, a fighting game based off of uh, Les Misérables, the the novel by Victor Hugo, classic of Western literature that was adapted into, you know, like one of the most popular plays, uh, one of the most popular musicals of all time. It's one of the most surreal crazy games ever made i this game is awesome <laughs> <laughs> this game is incredible yeah yeah um, that's that <sighs> yeah so, so, oh my god uh just to give <laughs> some quick context it, it, the first version of it came out in 1998 
Uh, it was made mostly by one person who goes by uh, Takase, just just one name. Uh, it came out for Windows 95, and he, he made this game. is an indie game, you know, a doujin game made in 2D Fighter Maker 95, which was a, you know, a fighting game engine made by ASCII in, in 95. Uh, Mugen didn't even exist then, right? That didn't come out till 99. Mm-hmm. Unity was not around. You know, like Unity wouldn't become standard for like another, I don't know, 10 years. Um, so th- this was a real like labor of love. <laughs> mm. This is a very difficult game to make back then because it, it's uh, it's not just that it has the crazy premise, right? Like just just making a fighting game based off of Lemes is already like pretty nuts, but it's executed <laughs> like so sincerely um, and and surprisingly polished. Like yeah. I, I think it's actually yeah. a beautiful looking game, and. Um, so, so this is often a go-to game for like, oh, you know, like it's a Kusoge or like LOL Japan. Or it's so bad, it's good. Yeah, I, I want to watch all that right The 10 uh, strangest fighting games ever made. Yeah. It's always yeah. in this list, yeah. It, it's yeah, not yeah. a bad game. I, I just, I just saw you, that video and it's in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if you want to judge it, like you, you can't judge it against Street Fighter 2 or like a really polished game made by a studio. Like this is a indie game pretty much made by one person, um, you know, just just like putting their heart into making the most surreal game you've ever seen. So like, if you look it up in English, there's a lot of reviews that are like, oh, it's so bad, it's good, and it's so dumb. And it's like, no, it's not dumb. It's a beautiful game. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, That's uh, because yeah. there's a lot of stupid, very stupid, bad games like uh, that are funny, but are obviously not yeah. good you know this yeah. one yeah. i mean the, the just the the sprite work in this game is uh, absolutely incredible there's more yeah. work in this game than in many many uh indie games that come out today on steam you know so yeah. uh huge respect for the guy that made it yeah and the, the mm. style is so cool it's it's the yeah. sprites look like somewhere between like cps2 like street fighter alpha and like the uh, Capcom yeah. JoJo game, like they're more gangly and like, yeah, they're, they're like taller and stretched out. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, I was gonna get into that as well a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, just jump in anytime. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was gonna well, say that bing, uh, bing. the shape language in this is like. Uh, No, no, you got it. You got it. Yeah, and that be, uh, actually being French and knowing that this game exists yeah. is something, to be honest. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I... yeah. That that that's something, you know, because you know the Les Misérables. It's like the, I don't know the the. It's such a classic in the world, but in France, of course, and Victor Hugo is so 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 important in in classic French literature and culture. You you don't go through school and high school without, you know, studying Victor Hugo and a part of The Miserable. The Miserable is like this this movie that is readapted every 10 years for television with the new, you know, uh, actor. So yeah. um, so that, that, that's how important it is in France. And so seeing Les Miserables being adapted by a Japanese guy is already something, but in a fighting game, and and 
if we, uh, we we talk about the sprites but like the game is fully dubbed like their voice acting for everyone and if you don't know i don't know if the if our listeners know about les misérables but basically it's um it's um it's a book by victor hugo that treats about poverty and abuse of power and uh, in a specific moment of the the history of france and uh, there's a whole cast of characters that basically became you know uh, archetypes in french culture like uh, like the thenardier uh, couple who are very sadistic and uh, and uh, that are cr basically crooks and uh, exploitive people like thenardier being a thenardier in france is, is an expression you know and and when you when you know all about this and that you take for example valjean which is in the story um and someone who did who went to prison was freed and at the start of the book he ha he is given he is given the the um, uh shelter by a mo i think it's by a monk or uh, a priest and he stalls he steals from the priest is arrested by the police and the priest saves his ass saying no i gave him uh, my uh, my knives and uh, all my uh, my gold and things like that and so that's the start of you know a kind of redemption story and things like that and so that's that's it that's you know a book about poverty in the 19th century things like that and suddenly you play this game and you take you take valjean and you grapple people and you press them on the ground and the guide and valjean is yelling valjean vendetta and you're like what the <laughs> fuck yeah and and you're like what's what's going on next and you realize that there's a character who's basically valjean in some at some point in the story he he takes a, a young uh, uh, a young girl an orphan girl and she's named uh, Cosette and so the, the, guy, the guy that did the game he made a character that is the that is uh, Cosette's bunny plush which is named Pompon and Pompon is a is a character with a, a stand and the stand is a baby Elvis and together they ride a, a, a car that can do cross up from the air something like that well it's completely crazy and you're like wait wait the miserable les miserables that's les miserables and if you have some insight about french history and culture for example when you take um when you take uh i think it's enjolas which is a, a, a french resistant from the i think it's the commune the commune is a, a, re a revolution that happened in paris when people it's a kind of anarchist revolution that happened in paris I think, or something like that, or maybe I'm mistaking with something else. But anyway, like one yeah, of one of his supers, yeah. yeah, one of his supers is like making a barricade fall in the streets of Paris, <laughs> and the, and the barricades is it's like an expression too in France, referencing this moment. So you, it's like your wall history is in this fighting game. <laughs> And it doesn't make sense. And the worst of all, there's even Robo Jean Valjean. <laughs> I was like, gonna there's Mecha yeah. me Valjean in this game. And the, the day I saw this, I was like, okay, 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 right. <laughs> Mecha <laughs> Valjean. <laughs> it's it's like you know when you know about it. It's it's almost like people is spitting at your on your face, and at the same time, it's love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 
making fun, but like, and, in a good way. I get you. Yeah, and, and that's that's also the most incredible proof that Japan can adapt anything into anything. Like, you know, they can do manga about any sport. They can do, uh, I don't know, uh, about any moment of history in anime, in manga, in movies and things like that. And now even in fighting games. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Oh my god, this oh, game. Okay. Thank you for your insight. <laughs> so glad to hear that. Because I, I, I have mm. no cultural insight into this. Like, I barely know Les Mis, um, But I, I just knew this was a cool fighting game. And I, I want to go into how... Um, so, like, like if you look at, you know, uh, a lot of the reviews of the game are like, oh, it's just so ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But, like, there's, like, joke games, right? Where it's just, like, it's a joke and then it wears thin. Like, this is a game that this guy poured five years of his life into. Yeah. <laughs> really sincerely made and i think i think it's um i i don't use this word lightly i think you can approach it as a uh, sort of a deconstruction or rather um it's very much about translating les mis sincerely into the language of 90s fighting games right because like uh say the main character right the main character is uh jean valjean right uh, so I, i'm gonna mangle all the names i apologize profusely <laughs> i cannot say french names um so he's sort of the main character of the novel and um in the game he's like the shoto right his inputs are like you know fireball dragon punch he, he, does, he doesn't actually really play like a shoto but he's sort of the equivalent of that he's got very familiar inputs sort of a well-rounded character right um and then you 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 have um you know uh javert uh the javert javert <laughs> Yeah, the police chief that's after him, right? The equivalent yeah. of the police chief. I don't know what they would call Yeah, him. who's yeah, the, of... the guy that spent his whole life uh, trying to catch Valjean. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this guy, um, he has like a trickier moves, right? He, 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 like, you know, has he hits high and low, and you're not sure which move's going to, like, he has combos, right? His moves, like a double. A fireball and then a follow-up you don't know if he's going to follow up high or low right and then uh, some of his moves he sends his police officers out after you sort of like relento sending his henchmen and uh he's got charge moves right because he he's he's like he's going to wait back he's tricky right he's trying to so like the move set fits the personality of the character right and then you have like uh la, la policier the, the, okay, this one I have to, to mingle. Yeah, there's a joke about this. Is that is that in France? In France, to say the police, you say la police. It's uh, it's uh, la police is, is feminine, but uh, a policeman is uh, un policier, so it's masculine. So basically, when it says la policier, it doesn't work at all. That's like a, a basic French, you know, of a grammar, okay. <laughs> grammar mistake. But it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Uh, okay. Because the so, game so the, says it la policier in 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 a strange accent, oh, so, so it's so, it's super so fun. It sounds crazy to in French to like a French speaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so many layers to this. Um, so the the policeman character is like the strong arm of the law that's that's coming after, you know, Jean and and these revolutionaries, and he plays exactly like Akuma. Like everyone else has like a weird <laughs> set, but this guy is like a carbon copy of a uh, you know uh, Akuma or or Goki, like right down to like the raging demon. <laughs> and I'm like he's just like <laughs> this force to be reckoned with. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 
and then you, you have like Cosette, like so, you know, like uh, uh, Thomas mentioned, that's that's uh, Jean's uh, adopted daughter. She's she's this girl who's had this wretched life, but she's she's this beautiful, pure, kind-hearted person, and she she's got a couple of attacks of her own. But then a lot of her moves, her father steps in to like fight for her, right? Mm -hmm. And um, her super is she actually literally throws Jean at the enemy. <laughs> And then he starts beating them up, and then does like a super like atomic pile driver. Um, yeah, he, he like power bombs them into the ground, and like yeah. it's so cool. I I just put it in earlier, but like one other thing that I love too was the fact that like whenever Robo Jean is being hit, it's just like the cogs, and like springs and gears start like to fly out of his body and stuff, and I'm like, what is this? It's it's really quite amazing. Yeah. You know that because uh, for example Cosette. So uh, the, the name Cosette, it's now, it's now a synonym from uh, a mis um, uh, an exploited child by adults. Like, mm. just to tell you at w so how much Les Miserables is important in French, you know, culture. So having Cosette <laughs> throwing her adoptive dad at your face is so fun because it, it's a bit like we said before with the slapping game, you know, it's the, it's the, the exploited uh woman that suddenly fights back so that's hilarious in the context of the game <laughs> mm. i love this game that's cool yeah i think uh, uh marius he's sort of the her love interest right he, mm. he's, he's yeah. got a great right he looks like this um this handsome dashing like thin young man um, and his move set he he summons his dead revolutionary friends and his super move like a whole awesome. battalion of them come out and um yeah i i think it has even more meaning if you've actually read the novel or watched the the, the play right like he, he's supported by by you know it's not just himself it's the people around him you know he's he's fighting for 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 other people and they're fighting for him it's it's amazing oh did you know that's so I cool in later versions of the game, they added a character named Judgment. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the final boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Final boss. Or, or, sorry, um, he. Uh, so he's not a character in the novel, right? He, he's rather the personification it's... of the concept of judgment that sort of hounds yeah. all of the characters. Yeah, because the 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 whole the whole story is about you know the the lack of justice. And uh, the 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 way the society mistreats the poor and uh, and exploits them. So having the, the judgment, you know, is is basically have uh, like uh, like fighting the justice, basically, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So that's uh, that's super fun. And he he looks like he is a carbon copy. Oh, well, we see uh, the same time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Yujiro Hanma from Baki the Game. Yeah. Boy. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, how, how do you top, Holy you shit. Know, the policeman is already Akuma, so how do you top that? You you, you bring in Yujiro the strongest. Hanma, the strongest creature on Earth. Oh, in the world, the strongest uh, creature. Hanma, yeah, the yeah. strongest creature, Yujiro Hanma. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Oh, crazy game. Hey, so... Can can you tell me about the tournaments for this game? Like how? Yeah, this well, it was it was super fun because it was it was a very very small one. I think we had something like twelve players, but it was it was fun. We um we brought a computer with uh, two arcade sticks and we played the game and. Uh, 
all the things that you could win was related to Les Miserables. So the first prize was like VHS, like videotapes, you know, uh, <laughs> VHS <laughs> of the of the of the last TV. Uh, television adaptation of Les Miserables. One, one, the second prize was like best parts of the Miserables. So it was not even the the, the full book. It was just the best parts. And I think <laughs> I found this book for three three euros in a in a used bookstore to just the day <laughs> before. And for the the, the VHS the, the tapes, uh, I found them actually in 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 a, in a cave in my building. Like someone like left a wall, a wall, uh, wall crap on their garage with a, a note like uh, please yourself, take whatever you want. And I was like, okay, what, what's in this box? And in the box was actually uh, videotapes, VHS. And it was not even, you know, the, 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 the miserable VHS that you buy uh, at the store with, the, you know, the, the sleeve and things like that. It was something recorded vi with a videotape recorder oh on God. TV. Oh, so, wow. you had the, you, so you had the, the ads between, you know, each part were also recorded. And the guy oh. who won the tournaments won the tapes. It was 2010, so nobody had a video recorder anymore. So the and mm. the guy who who won the tournament, um, his name is uh, his nickname is Horo. He's a very well known player in the um, in the Guilty Gear community. Community is basically the best uh, Potemkin player uh, since Guilty Gear is played in France uh, in I don't know twenty years, and uh, is is a kind of guy that always always. Is super good when you when you have to pick a game and win without knowing the game. That's like the, the guy that wins all the first tournaments of the game, and he won the tournament by playing Pompon, so the the plushie of Cosette, because he found an infinite with uh, when he summoned the, the baby Elvis Presley. Uh, he found an infinite with punch. Like since the the. Um, since the stand, the, the baby Elvis is doing the same move as you, and he was he found an infinite, and he was opening everyone with a with a, a super, and uh, the super is Pompon creating an Austin mini and riding down. It's a dive kick, but instead of the kick, you're you're diving with an Austin mini car, and uh, it's crossing you up. So basically, he was doing this, and after that, he was doing an infinite. That's awesome. And that's wow. it. <laughs> I don't know what you expected about the tournament, but yeah, that's it. So yeah. To have you on this this one, the little baby Elvis. That's based off of the the creator's son. Oh. Oh my god. With the Elvis haircut and a little mustache for some reason. And it said, "Suppose I'm looking at the wiki. They said at some point someone asked him like." Why did you spend five years making a game like this? And the creator, uh, he said, he jokingly said, "Oh, it's because I have no friends." <laughs> oh, <laughs> ironic, considering this game will undoubtedly bring you friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. So, but yeah, I, I, I highly recommend this. Like, if you just want to have a fun night, just like button mashing and howling, like, like please find this game. It's it's free, by the way. It's always been a free yeah, game. it's free. Um, you got to do oh, wow. some tricks to get it to run on modern hard hardware. I think it's like a Windows 95 game, so you you have to yeah, do some tricks to emulate that. But 
He he made totally it with uh, 2D Fighter Maker, uh, yeah. which was a Windows 95 product. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I think so what, uh, the, I think right. you can do it by um, by um, passing the game in the you right click on the game, click on property, and on compat in the compatibility tab. I think you can like run the game as on Windows XP or something like that, and it works. Oh, really? Something like that. Yeah, that's that's, awesome, that's yeah. the trick to to oh. play some old games. Okay, okay. Mm. thanks for the tip. Interesting. Uh, he, uh, in that same interview, because um, I, I I found an old version of it on a way back machine, uh, he also said that he didn't believe uh, Dojin games should be uh, charged, you know, for money. He thought it was more for the joy of games for people to just enjoy it. Oh, dude, Dojinchi games are, are special. They're like another level of indie where they're like, I don't even want to make money. Like, I just want to make the game. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, this is cool. This is really cool. I love. I'm just looking at some of the some of the things on the wiki right now, and like, it's so interesting. Some of the stage names. It's just like Night Town, Hill, like Forest. Like, it's like what the? <laughs> yeah, it feels so strange <laughs> to, to, just to read it. Read it like this. It's not like very specific in terms of you know like naming and naming conventions or anything else like that. Like no, just forest is forest. Okay, cool. Graveyard, that's graveyard. Got it. Like okay, it's very it's very refreshing in a sense. Yeah. What what I love about the, the the about talking about this about this on on this podcast is oh you talk about you know pocket fighters before and I feel this game has the same kind of energy you know in the in the in it's it's a kind of you know I don't care energy like this is fun I do it I don't care yes and, and, absolutely and you have and you have in this game the same respect for the source material and uh, and enjoyment for the source material as you have in the the, the x-men series from capcom this is the you, you know sometimes people they, they take a license and they do a game and you're like yeah we can see that they are not super fan or they don't understand it very well and this game <laughs> i don't you, you I think you have to love the source material to basically spend five years of your life adapting it to a fighting game. But there's so much great ideas and such virtuosity in the adaptation that that's amazing. That's amazing. It looks dated because you know it's 256 colors game because it's Windows 95. But damn, damn, damn. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. I'm I, just looking I at, these, wanna, I'm uh, look at some of these move names. I, I need to give this a try for real. I agree. Like it's just so cool. Just that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, just like don't bully Papa. Like all that stuff. Like tackle Takuru. Like yeah, it's really it's really, really funny. The cross, the cross of guilt. I I I love the Valjean Savat because Savat mm. is um is an old way of saying shoes. Shoe. So basically, okay. Valjean Savat is Valjean Shoe, but Savat is also the French name of the French kickboxing. So that's uh, yeah. oh, that's of, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know someone who um who used to be interested in doing that, and who and this once who did used mm -hmm. to actually do that. But Remy in um in Street Fighter Third Strike also actually does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a, that's a <laughs> thing. <laughs> One yeah. of the, uh, wait, one of the ones of the game uh, of Thénardier is Rolling Thénardier. <laughs> Rolling Thunder, but instead it's the Thénardier. Thénardier yeah. are the, the, 
other exploitive uh, couple that uh, that uh, that um, that use yeah, Cosette as Cosette. a slave. Uh, yeah. yeah, before Valjean uh, recovers. Uh, oh my God, this is so fun. This yeah, is they're, so they're fun. They're a husband and wife team in the game too. There's two of them. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're like total D, total dumb. Like they're really stout, <laughs> like super cartoony, <laughs> and like. The, the the husband can do like a blanca role like it's oh man this is a delight mm, that's that's super fun they are they are He's very really quite silly pawn special pawn energy mini pawn <sighs> that's so fun yeah. that's so fun i i love that we could talk about this game this is a really good pick as well rich friend this is a good one yeah mm -hmm. definitely yeah, yeah absolutely definitely man cool. Yeah, I just love the fact that like we actually get to have a another robot character. That's one of my favorite things just in fighting games too. I'm not sure which was the first one to ever do it, but I just love the fact that like in so many games we do get to have a character and then like robo character. Like, do, yeah. you, do you know what I mean? Like, what would what what that... what would um like ro robo like you be like? It makes, it makes you think about stuff like that. It makes me laugh a lot. I, I enjoy mm -hmm. it. Yeah. That's that's something that's very that's more common in Dojin fighting games from this period. Like, if you mm. take Melty Blood for example, there's uh, Hizui, which is one of the maids, and there's Robot Hizui, <sighs> which is also mm. a maid but a robot. So she has lasers <laughs> and uh, I don't know things. And uh, they often do this on characters that are, you know, already a bit robotic or stoic characters like Kai or Izui is Kai, also yeah. a, a very stoic character. So that's quite funny because some, sometimes the, um, the, the robot is more fun or, you know, pleasant than the, the initial characters. They also did it in uh, Skullgirls with... Um, with the yep. uh, hey. Robo Fortune, yeah, my man, She's so fun. She's so fun. Like when when you play Robo Fortune, one one of her intros, she's she basically the, she's a, a, a um, depressive robot. So uh, she feel, she feels lonely and things like that. So one in one of her intro intros she says something like please accept my friend request <laughs> like, yeah. like she has a facebook yeah, account facebook. and uh, she's waiting for you to answer oh, so adorable. anyway yeah. oh yeah, my yeah. god richmond just did it richmond just yeah, did something think, great uh, as well the, yeah. the first time uh as far as i know that it, the, the robo version was done in a fighting game was uh z goki so z akuma oh and, my god uh, cyberbots oh, wow. the first time i remember it yeah and you know that that was the game where you fight you pilot giant mecha and then they just they're like how do we put akuma in this it's a beautifully underrated yeah. game yeah so yeah. cool right like really really cool now it's it just making me think now a ton about just like different versions of, of other characters like that right because you can get so much out of like a a robo version of any character it just depends on how you you know design them and what it is that you want to express about the base character itself but yeah i think robo as a kind of a as a as an archetype it's one of my favorite things for sure i, I really love it yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt, anyway that was all my knowledge Thank you for sharing that. I'm so. Oh man, <laughs> that was that was amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh we my need god. The, we need that applause again. We we need we need the the stock applause. Lots of yeah. claps, lots of woo woo. <laughs> we need all that. Yeah. 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 For my comeback, I give you 
French culture and literature. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm all anyway. very grateful. Okay, so now I'm hesitating for the... I hesitate between two games, actually, but both are kind of adventure point-and-click games, so that's... An... I don't know, should I go with the more mainstream, even if it's an indie one, or should I go with the very indie one? What do you think? I think you one should go with 3D what you feel. Like. 3 a.m., man. It's 3 a.m. Okay, okay, the indie one then, the oh. indie one, okay. The indie one, it's Let's called 3 a.m. So, the game is called, I'm going to, to tell the, the name of the game so you can watch it. It came out uh, March 10 of this year, so it's a very fairly oh, new yeah. game. And it's called If on a Winter's Night for Travelers. I'm going to give you the link on the page. And so it's a very short point and click adventure game, uh, 2D game, uh, made by two people. And uh, those two people are Laura Hunt and Thomas Moring. And uh, it has beautiful uh, uh pixel art like really beautiful pixel art and uh Whoa. it's it's a narrative game that you can end that you can finish in two hours it's free it's completely free you don't have to pay for it uh it's available on windows and linux and you can find it on itch.io so if on a winter's night for travelers and so what what is he talking about so the, the the game starts in a train and uh, in this train the camera uh, snaps in and uh, you meet Leila who is a lady who's wearing a, a mask of um, a, a skull mask and someone comes close to her and say to her excuse me I have no idea why I am here in this train and we are in the in the 20s I think the end of the 20s like something like mm -hmm. Uh, 20, uh, 1929 and the, the train is the the, the, the Trans-Siberian train and so the guy comes in and he also wears a mask because it looks like there's a mask party going on in the train and he says to Leila okay I have no idea why I am here in this train like how did that how did I end it here and so he's going to remember what happened and for all for several characters or for four characters you're going to meet them each time they approach because they hear each one uh, each one other uh, they hear each other telling a story so they tell their own story next and each time you're going to discover oh they ended in this train and the goal is not that much about the train and how they ended and that here but their personal stories so you have four stories the fir the first one is about um uh is about carlo who is awaiting his lover patrick and uh, things will won't go as expected the second one is about uh, uh, a lady uh, a french lady who lives in england and uh, her husband is dead and uh, she's not living that very well, obviously. The third one is about uh, Dr. Jordan Samuel Samuels, who is uh, um, studying medicine and uh, bullied for being a black man studying medicine. And the last one, of course, is Leila herself, who is already in the train. So you're going to, I think, 
spend something like half an hour with each character, uh, discovering their story and how they ended in train before reaching the conclusion. And it's a very, very 3 a.m. game because each story is very different. Each story turns to something very, I don't know, surreal, depressing sometimes or melancholic. So you're going to be transported, I think, when you're going to play this game. And uh, it's a very simple game, like you, 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 you finish it in less than two hours, but wow, that was very, very a very pleasing experience. So that's it, I suppose. I, I killed the mood after the Les Miserables. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's great, it's fine. No, not at all. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's very well, pretty. I'm watching it, man. Yeah, I did, I, I, I was, heard about this great. call. Yeah, it's a very, very indie game, but uh, I think the, the the I think it deserves to be to be seen because there are a lot of very good ideas. The, the the writing is excellent. The narration is very, very good. Um, like the the last story with the doctor, it's very moving. It's super hard to watch and to to read. So I think you should, if you like, you know, story driven games. You probably should go there and try this game. Mm. It, it it will run on a potato PC because it's only two D game, mm. a two D game. So and it's free. So what are you waiting it's for? Free. Yeah, it's free. It's free. You know what this actually reminds me of in a weird way. It's like it's kind of like a like a playable movie. Uh, yeah, a little the bit. The way that it's like set up, it kind of reminds me of. I guess the way that you peel back the layer of, uh, and if I say this wrong, please don't kill me. Uh, les, les, les petits moquois, uh, yeah, little white I lies. See, um, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like it reminds me kind of like of what that experience was like, uh, you know, watching that. Cause I, I, I watch a few French films from time to time and like I kind of have a weird obsession with them. So uh, this does seem like something I would watch like a playthrough of or play myself actually. Can you can you re say it in French, please? That was. Oh, les petits moquois. Like, les petits moquois. Yeah. Uh, it's not the les petits soldats. It's not like no. the, you're not talking about the ten small soldiers, like the. No. The, um... mm -mm. Ah, okay. Yeah. I, I'm. Uh... Yeah, it's actually. Can you can you give me uh, an example? Out in 2010. Let me tell you who's in it. Uh, okay. But yeah, I think this game could like please a lot of you. And um, like I said, since it's three and it's two hours, you're not, you know, taking a big bet uh, at trying <laughs> it. Time wise, yeah. Detail white lies. Okay, okay. Yeah. Les petits mouchoirs in French. Okay. Mouchoir. Petits, oh, okay. Les petits okay. mouchoirs. Le petit yeah. mouchoir, James. Yeah, my, my wife, uh, Marianne, it was Marianne French is in this movie. It was French lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This is I, I found out about it because my, my, hmm. my, my, my future wife is in this, in this movie, so I have to, mm -hmm. have to show support. But, uh, yeah, this is really yeah. cool. One thing that I'd like to sort of get into just very briefly regarding the pixel art and, the, and stuff, I think it's absolutely amazing. That when did you say that this game that this game came out again? Like this is this was what like last two year or this ago, year? March Ma two, March ten of this year. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. It, it was two um, months ago. I, 
I, I really like games that are like this. This isn't like a this isn't an official kind of like term. It's just something that I call it. But I call these games like single pixel detail type games, like the kind of style that like that they go for. The ability to try and convey such complex scenery and having so much of that detail and texture and so much of the light, so much, so much of the regular kind of like artistic fundamentals that we sort of like know and understand again, like light texture, like just the volume, so many different types of things, shape, all of it, color. So trying to convey all of that just with singular pixels, no mass, mass areas of outlines, like just again, not even like mass areas of like anti-aliasing everywhere. Just again, it's so cool to see someone who has such a mass understanding of all of the different ways that you can create certain feelings and certain textures and certain just shapes with pixel art. It's great. I'm looking at an area right now where there are clumps of flowers and things like this. And again, they're just so well-placed and everything works so nicely. The, the room that they're all standing in, I'm going to post it right now for you all. Let me get it right here. Okay, cool. So the room that they're all standing in, it has this beautiful kind of like early morning type of a feel to it. The light's just coming through these beautiful shuttered windows there. And you can see all of the different all, all the different areas where the shadows are falling down ahead of it. It, it. It's gorgeous just to have a look. And also as well, you can see on the on the desks and on the tables you can see very very small very very tiny little areas where like the shadows are hitting the different table legs and where the light is actually a bit lighter and brighter on one on one side than the other but then if you actually have a look and this is actually quite beautiful the first thing i noticed is if you look at the floor it's a reflection of the actual rest of the room can you see that if you actually have a look at the ground mm-hmm. like you can see that, yeah. that that there's a reflection so again this gives an idea oh, so of a very of a highly Oh, go on. oh it's, it's so subtle the way they did it. Yeah. Exactly, it's the first thing I saw. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you can you can tell that this is a this is a very experienced pixel artist who properly and truly does understand like just you know art fundamentals, and they've decided to utilize this again. I call it a single pixel detail style. And they've gone through and they've used it again, not only just as a style itself, but they're treating this pixel art like as a medium. So like whenever I hear people mm-hmm. say, for example, pixel art like as a style, no, it's not a style. It is a medium through which we communicate style itself. Yeah. So for example, to, like to give what a, is oh, go on. To, sorry, to, to give a, a more a game that maybe more people know that I think has this kind of, you know, very detailed pixel detail. Um, think about Blasphemous. You know, yes. Do you you, you know this that. game? It's it yeah. has um, the, the, the 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 sprites, the, the the pixel art in this game is also incredible, and uh, and very detailed. And there's a, a, a gritty, you know, textural quality to this pixel art. Mm-hmm. Like you you can mm-hmm. feel the textures and uh, and the, the the pixel style of uh, if on a winter's night is a bit of the, a bit the same and uh, of course yeah I, I was going to say but of course sword and so- sword and sorcery is a bit like the the grandfather of uh, all mm. this but i think sword and sorcery was more more abstract but maybe more naive you know in this approach mm-hmm. and uh, the, so. both blasphemous and on a wind and if on a winter's night have how to say it, a more realistic approach, I would say, a more mm-hmm. down-to-hurt approach. It's less, it's, mm-hmm. it's stylized, but not that much, I would say. Anyway, mm-hmm. so that's... Uh, I see that. That's... Uh, I see that, for sure. What, what, 
Why are, are, are you linking us uh, a long play of Fist of the North Star, Richmond? What's going on in your head? <laughs> Game Boy. It was, it, it was uh, I, I, the uh, Super Brothers style always kind of reminded me of that with the attempt to make like these oh, yeah. characters at like a super low res. Because uh, mo most Game Boy fighting games were like, you know, SD, like a uh, pocket fighter. This one, they tried to make these statuesque characters and their heads are maybe like three pixels wide or something. Yep, like literally just that, yeah. Like about three, four pixels wide. I can definitely understand that, yeah. Basically, this um this game that you've just showed us here, uh, this um If on a Winter's Night for Travelers, it's wonderful. I think that anybody who is interested in pixel art should check this out, but especially like artists who would like to try and learn about how to convey so many more complex areas as to how it is that we make um scenes. They need to have a look at this because again, they've got everything. And in terms of like what you're talking about with regard to realism, they've captured realism and they've they've, they've put it through the, the a prism that is a style itself. So, for example, like they've taken all of the things which we know to be you know real in the world around us the the light, the texture, the shadows, the 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 colors in which we see you know everything with our eyes, and they, they've expressed this so nicely throughout this game. And I think that yeah, it's really really good to see this in such a again also in an in an isometric view, which again is very very hard to do. Making isometric pixel art is something that takes not only a lot of pre-calculation, but a really good understanding of perspective and a really good understanding of not only just perspective, but like distance, a really good understanding of, again, like light and how things bounce off other things, because you really need to understand how it is that shadows work and how it is that you can create a realistic kind of a room that you can, you know, believably envision in your mind and in your eyes so for example just i'm going to show i'm going to throw in another little screenshot here there are some <clears throat> there are some sort of like shafts of light that come in through these windows again and then they just go over on onto the bed but like you can see by the angle that the um okay so the amount of light that's coming in through the windows it's not very it's not very large the whole the, the entirety of the of the shutters I'll, I'll call them they haven't been pulled all the way up they're pulled at a certain angle so just because of this again you can see that the way that the light is coming in it hits the bed at a certain way but if you look at the very front edge of this bed like we're talking about you can see the fact that there is the same type of a curve that exists also if you're looking outward out of the window itself so if you have a window and you kind of half open it the light itself that's coming in it will be kind of like shaped almost, not exactly, obviously, but it'll be the, the shape of the light shaft will be influenced by the source through which it's coming, right? So it's just the fact that they've had that attention to detail, that they've, you know, really referenced that and that they've even gone, you know, to those lengths. It's just, yeah, hats off to whoever was um, really, again, clever enough to be thinking about this in a, in a realistic way, because none of this is easy to do at all. So, yeah, it takes hours hours and hours and hours of practice to get this good the, many many the, hours the lighting in general is insanely precise like the um there's a one scene where there's like um light coming through windows and the rest of the room is dark and not only is it like lighting the the carpet using that same shape thing that uh aj is talking about but it also like lights statues and it has like this is something we, we've talked about before like this this game uses a lot of black uh, to shade, but I really like how most of the light is colored. Um, mm -hmm. It has a really interesting understanding of bounced light, like one where like the it's natural light coming in through um, uh, a you know a windowsill that's got a little bit of red in it, so it's it's reflecting a bit of the red into the the bounced light, 
against uh, materials that would bounce it, but not things like carpet that wouldn't pick up the bounce light in the same way. Uh, like to your point, very, very um, precise understanding of how lighting um, works. Yeah, it's just great. I was playing another thing here when they're in this kind of a. It almost looks like it could be like a library type area, but like again, it's, it has like a beautiful like stony, cold blue hue going through all throughout the room. Very, very, very you know desaturated, very icy feeling. And then again, like the uh, the the clicker, I suppose the icon that you utilize here, it's orange, and it's just like it's just such a beautiful contrast. You know what I mean? Like the ground itself is so dark and it's so almost like sort of like pale in a sense, but but again, they have the reflections coming back up off of what I can only assume would be marble. But yeah, it's just a, it, it's wonderful to look at, and I think it has just such a such a classical. I'm like, so sensibility happy you it. like it. <laughs> I'm so happy you like yeah. it because when I was playing this game, I, I was thinking, damn, Adam is going to like this. I think Adam is going to like this. It's yeah. um, that there's that, a craftsmanship inside this it's um mm -hmm. it's like it's as if someone you know studied paint and color theory and drawing for 20 years and decided to make pixel art and that's yeah. the result and the last screen that uh, sean shared to us it's uh, a scene about um uh, an inside garden with the lights shafts coming and a lot of flowers and colors and things like that so oh, it's, um, there's a lot going on so i'm i won't i won't, I won't spoil a lot but uh yeah a lot of the, uh, a lot the going on. i shared that i'll definitely put on twitter for everyone so it's, it's not just it's like a garden area but it's like the victorian style where uh mm -hmm. it's much more of a greenhouse feel but just the it's like the combination of the the intricacy of re reflecting the architecture like this room has got it looks like it's a glass greenhouse where it's got multiple windows yep. so the ability to man like it's already hard enough to manage multiple light sources um but then this has a, a number of uh, flora and fauna it has a number of architectural things it has multiple angled light sources it also is reflecting light coming through windows which it does very well like this this is an insane amount of talent on display in this game absolutely one thing that's really interesting here as well it says here obviously it's late um you know it's it's uh what, sorry what am i calling this it's 1929 in this world in central asia but like one thing that i can also just taste like architecturally at least is that kind of like again that very it, it feel it feels french in a sense it, it feels like i'm seeing different areas of that kind of like rococo type style like in terms of just the how ornate everything is if you know what I'm saying, if anyone, if anyone out there in the uh, architecture sort of like world sort of knows what I'm talking about, like when we when we classically think of like sort of like 18th century or just or just general like the, the kind of a overly ornate type of a style that you would often see in like French rococo furniture, for example, and a variety of other different you know things. But yeah, it just makes you think so often about. This kind of a, it's like a flamboyance. It, it's a flair. It's a, it's a certain type of a type of an artistry that that you would only find in in the mind of someone who thinks on such a deep level about art and such a deep level about expression. It's not. It the I've, I was using this word recently. It's like the opposite of a, of, of gaudy. It's like it, it's not showy and, and like trashy. It's showy and beautiful. Do you know what I mean? It, it has such a such loving like lovingly crafted care and such a massive uh, ability to show that this person's put so much time and effort into this because it really is not easy to do like at all. None of this is, is show, simple, and I think that it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> 
Sean, you have to stop sending screens of the game to Adam because he's going to decrypt every screenshot of the game you're going to send him. Like the last one you sent is that is too amazing good. too. So yeah, yeah, that's just too good. If 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 Adam's if Adam explanation of everything this game related pixel art didn't convince you to play this game let me just say yeah. that the stories are also super great <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to play this like after we're done like i, I have to oh. this is um this is fantastic thank you for sharing this <laughs> anyway that was all for me so i hope your people will <laughs> enjoy it and uh, download it a lot so uh if i will on a oh, if i can speak anymore if on a winter's night for travelers it's uh, available on itch.io and uh, it's free and it uh, it weights like 200 megabytes so just download it and uh, give it a chance yeah i've just i've just followed the developers on on online on twitter too i'd like to just give a, a massive shout out to everybody there working really hard over at dead idol games i'd be that's laura hunt and thomas um, Murring, i believe that would be but yeah the, the thomas thomas is the artist over here so the, yeah thomas Murring, and yeah they say that they make weird little pixely games well i would say you make beautiful little pixely games dead idol you, you've done a fantastic job and i can't wait to check it out yeah wow this, well, this game yeah, also give give this game a signal boost, please. It, it's, it's free. It's also it's really yeah, it's effect. a crime that it's free. I mean, good yeah. grief! This game is beautiful for so no reason. Crafted. I just can't imagine like how long so many of these scenes must have taken. I, I truly, I'm quite, um, I'm, I'm so happy that I've seen this and just it's it's given me something that I feel I've I've needed for a little minute and it's just yeah, it, it's truly um. To see such a, to see such expression focused through the prism of such a such a style that often would speak would would seem so conforming, right? It would seem so hard to do that that everyone would be like, okay, sure, we're just gonna utilize single pixel detail in a way that would be, you know, so expressive. Most people wouldn't think to do it this way, but they've gone ahead and they've done it, and they've made something beautiful out of something which people often would think is simple and easy, and it's just it really is it's mind blowing how hard it is. So just to see all this together is just beautiful. Yeah, mm -mm. and just for you for your information, the game will come to Steam in the future, but still free. But they plan to do an optional paid package with the digital art book and the OST. So if you play this game and you like it, in the future you have a way you you will have a way to support the people that made this. Oh, I definitely it. want to throw money at this if, if there's any way yeah. to to do that because the work in here it's, it's a crime that this game is free. Oh, really? I've just seen something um okay so yeah thomas is also like a concept artist and i'm just having a look at some of his work <clears throat> and he has an art station account and i'm just having a look and he's drawn this beautiful beautiful lobby here and he's done some concept art for the queen's gambit the netflix series yep. and i'm just looking and i'm like yeah this makes so much sense this makes so much sense if we were to yeah if we were to post this on, on, online it's it's translating things like this into pixel art in a sense but not only just tra the translation of it it's the fact that he can conce conceptualize any of this at, at all and then utilize that and then bring it up from the ground up in pixel art that's what's most impressive to me it's just yeah it's beautiful you have to take a leaf out of, out of the book yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah excellent choice okay that's it for me <sighs> yeah what a great one to end on <laughs> I feel it. I'm glad. What a great I'm glad one. you're you're feeling it. I'm glad you're feeling it. <laughs> yeah. 
honestly. Okay. Well, three three a.m. games is quickly becoming four a.m. games for me. So I gotta, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap uh, this one up, man. Yeah. It's hard being a, a World Warrior podcast. One one of Absolutely. us is is, for, is obviously screwed because of uh, of time dilatation. It's worth it, it's worth it to, to to learn about all the, the these cool games. All right, um, let's. Uh, I'll do the outro and then uh, everyone just you know let let people know what you're up to and how to how to follow you. All right, so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got all the way to the end here. Uh, if you want to keep following the 3AM podcast, um, uh, of course, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, and also uh, check out arteater.com. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R.com. Uh, you, you can look through all our old podcasts there. We got the Art Eater podcast, got the 3AM podcast. Uh, who knows what we'll come up with in the future? Uh, I'm your host, Richmond. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Richmond Lee. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D underscore L-E-E. Um, you know, I, I've, I'm uh, always working on Art Eater stuff. I also run a game company. We're making a really cool uh, mecha game maybe uh, check that out it's called zeka tactics you, you can follow that on twitter as well at um, z-e-c-h-a-t-a-c-t-i-c-s zeka tactics check it out please follow it yeah yeah so uh i'm james stanley i am uh known on the twitter verse as beefy kunoichi that's b-w-e-f-y underscore k-u-n-o-i-c-h-i i am a storyboard artist comic book artist uh, i do a lot of fighting game fan art as of recent um, and i'm also working on an independent project called part-time shuffle uh, which is a comic but also leaning itself self-support a fighting game i'm actually slowly working on a lot of stuff for that so you know be on the lookout for that but uh, i am also uh, available for a uh, any sort of character design work, storyboard work, uh, definitely hit me up on Twitter. But uh, yeah, that's me. Oh, I'll go. So uh, I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm always here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dvorsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. Um, obviously, I talk a lot about PC gaming because I lead design teams at NZXT. Um, I also talk about interfaces and UX. Um, most notably, I'm writing a book right now, which will hopefully be out near the end of the year. So look for <laughs> look for that um, when, when I uh, start talking more about it. But that's the, where a lot of my writing uh, effort is going in right now. But uh, I'll... Be, I'm, I'm working on a couple of articles too about various UX things in games. Um, yeah, and also I um, wanted to call it. I'm doing also a lot of uh, mentoring right now via uh, adplist.org, and uh, specifically right now I am uh, doing mentoring. Um, there's a, a website, um, ADP. Uh, I believe it's uh, adplistforindia.org. So I'm currently also. Um, doing mentoring sessions where basically if uh, you schedule a mentoring session, they're free, of course, because it's mentorship. But if you make a donation to a number of the organizations that are supporting fighting COVID-19 in uh, India right now, um, I will be matching the donation of any people that are, are signing up to be a mentor and have donated to one of the, it's like I think it's six or seven organizations. So uh, adplist.org 
and uh, search for me on there or anybody that has uh, mentorship for India under their hashtag. So, yep, it's me. Okay, going next then. Uh, so I'm Thomas. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Thomasaurus. So T-H-O-M-A-S-O-R-U-S. Oh, that's hard in English. Um, you can also see all the stuff I do on Thomasaurus.com. And uh, I'm a front-end developer and design engineer. I'm uh, for hire right now. So if you're looking for someone that likes code and design, which is sometimes rare to find, please uh, get in touch. Outside of this, if you follow me, you'll see that I post a lot about fighting games, that I post a lot about podcast tech and things like that. So uh, I'll be pleased to uh, meet you if you if you need and uh, just follow and uh, you'll see the best retweets that Adam uh, is retweeting because I'm like the, 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 the filter, the second filter for Adam, Adam's account. <laughs> Thank you very much. Honestly, you, you, you do a fantastic job as a second, <laughs> a second account filter. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I can't even talk now. Uh, Adam Matt is here, everybody. I go by AJ and Adam. You can follow me over on Twitter, as Thomas mentioned there, at A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. That's at AJ Mattis. That's A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. I'm a game and level designer, a pixel artist, and a taekwondo fighter and martial artist as well. I'm from Manchester, England, and it was so, so, so much fun to be back here once again. Uh, just being back with the whole gang, having the whole band back together, it's just been brilliant. And I really hope that everyone is going to be really hyped for the next 3M games that we do, because we'll just keep on pumping out really good times, and everyone's going to keep on listening and having a good time with us. So we're glad that you could join us. And yeah, that's just me signing out. Oh, no, before I do that, actually, yeah, I, I too am also available for pixel art work as well. If anyone else, yeah, yeah, I, I almost signed out way too quick. If anyone else is actually interested in getting some uh, commission work done, I've been doing this for a few more people as of lately, thanks to the podcast that actually has been help, quite helpful. So yeah, if anyone actually does want any more pixel art doing or anything else related to this, you can just hit me up again on Twitter. That's just at AJMIS on Twitter. The AJM is all caps. The A-T-T-I-S is small lowercase. Thanks a bunch and I'll see you all next time. Peace. Hello, this is Sean from The Editing Room. If you've been listening to Art Eater or 3AM for a while, you've probably noticed that we use relevant intro or outro music for the beginning and end of all the podcasts. Something that's time consuming and also, you know, we don't, we want to be fair to artists and make sure that we're, you know, recognizing where that work comes from. So uh, it's pretty exciting to announce that the music you're hearing right now is actually, um, provided to us by um, a really uh, exciting like hip-hop vaporwave artist that all of us really enjoy named Back When. Uh, it's usually rendered in all caps, so uh, if you enjoy this this feel and everything, uh, definitely check him out um, at backwhenmusic.com. Uh, again, his name is often rendered uh, B-A-C-K-W-H-E-N in all caps. Uh, but again, if you go to backwhenmusic.com, uh, you can find all the various ways to listen to a uh, large variety of this great music. So you will keep hearing it uh, specifically on 3AM. Uh, right now, we're going to be using it as the intro and outro music from now on, making it easier for editing, but also really setting the right vibe for 3AM games. Thanks, y'all.